Welcome to episode 54 of Last Turn. I'm Bart, and joining me today is... Evan, what's going on, dude? Oh, no, not much. Hanging low like Finding Nemo. Damn. Cool. I know, uh, right? <laughs> so That's one chill fish, bro. He's, I guess, fine. Um, This is not a Finding Nemo podcast. Uh, it, it is a Hearthstone podcast, and there's actually been a fair amount of Hearthstone news uh, since we last recorded an episode. Yeah. Um, you know, and, in a, you know, there's, like, the nerfs that just happened and some buffs that came up, and the nerfs have, like, kind of happened already, and I think the metagame has settled as a result of that, or at least, like, settled as much as it can in, in a fairly young year. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you thought about that so far? I mean, I guess we could review the cards that are nerfed. I feel like everybody already knows that, though. Yeah, we can we can at least bring them up. They yeah. mostly nerfed Rogue. <laughs> yes. Rogue really needed to be put under control. So yep. they hit four different Rogue cards, which is, like, pretty unprecedented. I don't well, they know hit they hit three. Three? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the um, fourth is the it was warrior. four cards total. Yeah, yeah. They uh, weakened. We we had guessed they would weaken um, Waggle Pick, which was I think a pretty reasonable guess. But um, they went with Preparation, Raiding Party, and Evil Miscreant. I think I think we'd also suggested Evil Miscreant as a a, a probable card that they would hit. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm a little surprised that they hit Miscreant, but like, I think that they barely hit it. I don't, I feel like the cards, I would rate the card the exact same thing now that it has four health instead of five. Yeah, that was a very gentle, incredibly gentle smack of the nerf hammer. Yeah, like, I, I kind of get that. I mean, it makes sense. Um, a one five for that much value is, is, you know, a little bit annoying, especially in like a world where there are a lot of one ones and, you know, your paladins running around and stuff. So, that is uh that kind of makes sense. Raiding party, I think that also makes sense instead of waggle pick because like waggle pick at three attack would have been like a dead card, but I think that mm. that card has a lot of potential in a lot of different archetypes. So even though I think um you know it was definitely really strongly on board for nerfing that, and I really thought that they would nerf it by reducing its attack, uh they ended up you know going with raiding party, which makes this deck a lot less consistent. Probably makes it just another reason why that was a good pick they didn't they didn't make it a dead card necessarily yes but the, one of the reasons the deck was so good is just it got so much value out of raiding party and it would just get to pay zero for it yep but now they have to pay two yeah they also raiding... weaken preparation which is that that one is crazy because that's a classic card yeah, prep is definitely crazy. Um, I I agree with you. Like, I think I think they got too much value out of Raiding Party. Like, between the fact that they could cheat on mana with the Waggle Pick and the Dreadcore Sayers, and the fact that it's three mana for two, for three cards, that's like yeah. that's too much value in one card. It makes sense that that got changed. But yeah, prep is huge. This is like, um, this is a rogue card that's been with us. You know, it's in classic. It's been with us for a really long time, and it is a card that's seen a ton of play, a ton of play. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is, uh, you know, this is not a nothing nerf. This is on the order of nerfing, you know, Innervator, Wild Growth, or Nourish. In terms Maybe, of, um, yeah, I mean, is it, I guess it's been, I don't know, I think Wild Growth and uh, Innervate have been a little, slightly more ubiquitously played by its class and preparation. I, think I suppose so. 
been I more guess that... cla- more more rogue decks that didn't play prep than there were you know druid decks that didn't play innervate when it was two mana. Uh, yeah, I think I I think I guess I agree with you. I mean, there were older like there have been tempo and aggressive rogue decks that don't run prep, although these days like all of them did. Um, but I think. I think it's at least comparable because there's been prep-focused rogue archetypes like forever. It's basically everything but the fastest or like most mid-rangey tempo decks that play uh, mm-hmm. prep. I guess what I'm saying, yeah. So there's like there are archetypes and and deck building constraints that were relevant to preparation. Every druid deck played both innervates when it gave two mana. That's true. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Is that it was not. It's not like it was played in a lot of decks. It was played in like all of them. Um, I'll take I'll take Wild Growth though. That, yeah, because that was basically it's basically the same difference, right? Only the most aggressive, low to the ground Druid decks were not playing Wild Growth, but those did exist, but not not nearly as frequently as the decks that were building up mana and yep. the Rogue decks throughout history have always loved preparation and auctioneer and backstab and having this whole mess of inexpensive spells to go with a whole bunch of other really powerful cards to activate combo to make van cleef stronger etc etc i think that this this prep nerf is actually pretty this is like this is more than just nerfing a classic card i mean i think that they don't take nerfing classic cards lightly or at least i hope they wouldn't um Mm -hmm. and prep i think in particular makes uh basically all of rogue spells worse like all the mm-hmm. ones that cost three or more mana, so Phantom Nice is a worse card now, for example. Um, yeah, and that is like I think that's pretty serious. Yeah, um, I hadn't thought of that implication. Fan of Knives is just not as fanny. Yeah, it's it's like it's still playable, I'm sure, but it's not um, it's not as strong as it used to be, and this is going to affect Rogue, you know, forever. But on the other hand, I feel like Prep is one of those cards that probably comes with serious. Um, design space limitations on it. Like, mm-hmm. there are probably a lot, or at least some number of designs where, um, you know, they're like, well, we could make this. Oh, no, but then if you, like, use this card and prepped and then cast this card, like, you just went on the spot. And like, okay. Yeah, pose limitation for the designers. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, the designing around a card like Prep is challenging, because it's cheating on mana. We've talked about this before. Cheating on mana is one of the strongest things you can do. So I guess it makes sense that they nerf Prep. Like, even if they haven't come out right and say and said that they're targeting cards that let you cheat on mana, it seems like they have done that pretty systematically. Either by accident or on purpose. We already mentioned both Innervate and Wild Growth this chat alone. And Nourish. <laughs> and Nourish. And, and Raiding Party, for that matter. That's that's true. And speaking of um, innervate, that's kind of what preparation is now, but only for spells. New preparation is old innervate, but only for spells. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, Good value Lyra and Malfurion. Definitely, but now uh, sprint is worse. Vanish is worse. Yeah, that hurts vanish a bunch. Um, yeah. That's unfortunate because like that's one of. You know, prep vanish is like one of rogues, but defensive or combo rogues only ways of dealing with um or or prep fan of knives, uh, of dealing with like a really quick, very strong board. Um, yeah, really wide that. board. Yeah, and and they just they don't really have that anymore, or like it comes at a turn slower. So this is a pretty significant nerf. I, it hasn't hit any like existing decks other than that tempo rogue, I think, and I I don't know wild well enough to comment on it, but I'm not sure if like. I'm not sure if Malagos Rogue is like super strong and wild anyway. 
So, but any gadget sand auctioneer rogue deck is is just going to be worse for this. It's true. Um, and the last one was uh, Archivist Elysiana. Yeah, the 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 non the non thing. <laughs> it's yeah, barely change the card instead of being eight mana, it's nine mana. What it really means is that you can't use Brewmaster and Banker with it. That's, yep. that's really what they, they they could have, you know, if it were less convoluted, written on Brewmaster and Banker. You can't target Ar- Archivist Elysiana has Shroud when you're playing this card. Like, yeah. That would have been obviously way too wordy and stupid of a solution for it, but it was not that Elysiana is too good. It's that if you can copy her effect again, it's really annoying. Yes, I completely agree. I actually think that um, I'm of the opinion that this change does not affect the power level of Control Warrior at all. I don't think it affects any of its matchup win rates, because pretty much the only time in which Archivist Elysiana plus like Baleful Banker or plus Brewmaster is relevant is in the mirror. And yes. now, in the mirror, neither deck can do it. So, like, in, in every... Actually, if anything, this might improve Control Warrior's win rate across the board, because now it doesn't have to spend a slot on a garbage card like Baleful Banker. That's a very good point. I guess unless you're like, well, 50% of the time I'm going to have the coin. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could you could still do that. I definitely thought about that. But, like, that is... that. So, in 50% of games, you're going to have the coin. And then those are going to have to be mirrors that go to fatigue. And, it, like... Yes. Yeah, those are... That is the, the case that you are trying to... Um, that's the case that you're trying to, to get with. Like... And those are also games where you didn't have to use your coin earlier. Like, that's the case yeah. you're covering. It's actually a really, really, really small percentage of games you're accounting for by spending an entire slot on your deck. Yeah, you, you would always have to avoid using the coin that game as well. Yeah, right, exactly. It's like, it it um, it doesn't necessarily restrict you. You can still just use it, but you have to be in a position where that's viable. Like, if your opponent was playing aggressive at all or just got really lucky with bombs and Elec or something, like, and you had to play for tempo, you might have to blow your coin and then you don't really have that whole tax slot available to you anymore. There might just be better ways to spend that tax slot. Brewmaster and Banker ultimately were already like pretty marginal and and like were they actually even like am I how many more games am I winning against the mirror that I'm losing because I have a 2 mana 2 2. Like it was already I in my mind questionable if it should even be done. I think um yeah, I mean, I think the reason is, like, if you are if you were playing Baleful Banker and your opponent was a control warrior and they weren't, you were just in such better shape. Yeah. Like, but, it's, but it's not like you can't win the, the mirror in a, a multitude of other ways. Of course, but I think, like, if your opponent plays as conservatively as possible um, and just, you know, deals with the fact that they have inevitability and never two-for-ones themselves, like, they're probably pretty favored. Even though, you know, I don't think it makes it a shoe-in. Like, I, I actually do think it's pretty significant in the mirror. Yeah, it's it's just like, it would be, uh, I think it would be meaningful in the, the Warrior Mirror, but A, that's not going to be every game. Mm-hmm. And B, if you just know you don't have Banker in your deck and get to use a better card, you can just play as though you're not using Banker with your better card, and that's going to give you some wins. That is true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um... You know, there's there's the opportunity cost of running Banker or Brewmaster, and definitely, like, 
there's going to be some number of games where whatever card you replace them with is like going to carry you over the finish line in one form or another. Um, especially in non-warrior mirrors. Yeah. Uh, so I think like I ultimately I'm really really happy about that change. Uh, I think it just makes like one particular matchup just at at no cost to the power level of this fine deck. It just makes it like far less annoying to play. So that's really yeah. good. You're right. That, like th- this was a great nerf because it was really just for sparing people agony and annoyance and and making really time-consuming games that possibly neither player would win. Uh, reducing the odds of that gets an A plus. Yes. In my book, but also I I didn't appreciate what you said before until you said it. Overall, the Warriors probably just better than it was before on average because now against all these other decks it's not going to be drawing the banker yeah definitely um i mean you know all other things held equal like it's forgetting if you keep the um forgetting the fact that like the prevalence of other decks is changing because rogue is now worse like if you forget about that for a second definitely i do think that like warrior actually gets this is a strict upgrade for warrior because they get to spend a slot on something else um which is fantastic. That's really good. I think that this was an A-plus change. I'm really happy they made it. Yeah, it's also kind of cute if you're trying to play some kind of like Druid Lucent Bark deck and you're using Juicy Psych Melon. You mm. want to have... You, you don't have any... Maybe you're, you're not happy with your other 9-drop choices. Uh, so now instead of Archivist sometimes competing with Lucent Bark, you actually get to draw another card off your Juicy Psych Melon. Uh, I'm thinking about Juicy Psych Melon for a very specific reason. We'll get to it very shortly once we start talking about the buffs, because there's a certain sprayer of gloop (laughs) that I'm also looking, looking pretty juicy to me right now. Yeah, that, that is a card that I, uh, I'm glad that they changed it, um, I've I've liked that card since it was printed. You know, not that it was ever particularly powerful, but I always thought that it could do really degenerate stuff, and that's cool. It does look like it's got something going, right? Yeah, it it looks like you can do something with it. It just has the the look of that kind of card. Uh, let's let's go into the the buffs then. I think that we can leave the nerfs behind us. That metagame's already shaken out. You know, rogues less common, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, that's basically the the whole story. Is that fewer rogues now. Yep, and some of the more fringe decks and other strong archetypes have sort of risen to replace it. Uh, that's that. <laughs> yeah, more more king more king togwaggles are showing up, and you might find some captain hook tusks showing up as well. Now I saw some of that on ladder. So rogue is just using different good cards, but it's not having these completely degenerate games with uh, dread corsair anymore. Yeah, so. that's I think overall good. Uh, you know, more hunters are around. Um, doing different stuff, which is cool. Yeah, overall, I think uh, another smart choice to to trim some of Rogue's power before it just continued to dominate for the next however many months. I think so too. Yeah, that that was good on them to do that quick because it had the makings of something pretty bad, and I'm glad that they didn't just like let this one rot, uh, which they've done in the past. But they they used they used one of their balance changes, and they they restored balance to Hearthstone. Which is something that they've done many a time in the past. Usually it's a little bit over a month, a little bit less than a month after a set comes out. They need to do something about what they've done. Common, Um, yep. But then, the very next day, something completely unprecedented in the history of Hearthstone was announced. 
not nerfs, but yeah, card buffs. buffs. They're it's making so cool. some cards better. Yeah, this is this is awesome. I'm sure that I know that we've talked about this uh, Blizzard's like balance philosophy and how um, maybe buffs don't fit into it, mm. or like it appears as though they didn't. We've talked about that in the past. It is incredibly exciting to see them turn on this handle. Like it's awesome. I, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, like to you know, to their point, it's their game. They can design it. They have access to data that we don't have. I think they are completely within their right, and in many cases, like correct even to not buff cards. If they just continued nerfing forever, I'd be happy. But the fact that they're um, one showing us that they're willing to buff, and two, like giving us a huge array of buffing cards that are like interesting, cool cards. I'm mm. I'm so stoked for this. Yeah, the it seems to be. Like, just a great idea. They probably would have trouble... Like, they they couldn't just buff four cards, right? Using... To, to some extent, it makes sense that you don't try to do all your most of your balance updates by buffing cards, because that's not gonna... Like, if, if one deck is dominating, right, then, then you can't just buff one other card to make it not dominate. You you need, if, if Rogue is dominating, you need to buff every other class. Yes. So it's, if, if you have a problem um, with certain cards being too powerful or too powerful together, making those cards weaker instead of finding some way to make a whole bunch of other cards better against it makes a lot of sense. Um and, and uh, you know, with, with card creation, they've actually addressed problems sometimes, which is also really great. Like, Galaka Crawler mm. was like, whoa, you know, we've been having trouble with Warrior, and, and instead of, you know, just nerfing them or, or something simple and like that, they printed this card that's going to help us beat these pirates. Um, that's sort of like the same... I have a similar feeling about these buffs where instead of trying to, like, tone down... Like, they could... Instead of nerfing way more cards and, and making Evil Miscreant, you know, a significantly nerfed card instead of making it only slightly weaker, and instead of needing to look at other classes, they are just trying to improve underplayed strategies yes. by buffing underplayed cards, and not a little bit. Like, some of these buffs are monumental. Oh, some are huge. Yeah, some are, I mean, if you think of it, like, in terms of percentage of mana cost reduction and stuff like that, it's, like, in, you know, up to 50%, and it's crazy. It's, um, like, and then also they're just they're just adding another card. So this is, it, the, the buff is called Rise of the Mech, and mm. it's supposed to mostly be about buffing cards from um, Boomsday. Um, I... It's not. It's not like it's exclusively mechs. There's plenty of cards that aren't mechs that they're buffing, but I think it's it's about how some of these cards from Boom's Lab um, we're we're not seeing as much play as we wanted, and, and they're cool effects. So we want to want them to do more in the metagame. So Doctor Boom took them back to the lab and <laughs> tweaked them a little bit, and uh, also we're getting a new legendary mech. Which is called Snip Snap. Yeah, yeah, he's cute. It's uh the the I is a number one and the the A is a number four, so maybe I'm pronouncing that one. S N one P S N four P has met it's a three mana two three with magnetic echo and death rattle. Summon two one one microbots. 
pretty decent. Decent card. It looks really, really good. Yeah. It's got Echo, which means you can either magnetize two of him. Like, you can, for one, you can magnetize himself. Like, if you have six mana, you could play a Snip Snap and then play another, play it with Echo and magnetize to itself. Or you could divide them up. And also, if you have multiple mechs out, you could throw one Snip Snap on one and then an Echo copy on another one. So it's got a ton of versatility. And, uh, you know, three mana, two, three, then when it dies, you get two one ones is like pretty solid just without the Echo and Magnetic. Yeah, I mean, if you think about this card compared to Haunted Creeper, which is like one of the best two drops they've ever made, it's, um, you know, this is pretty close to it. It's just you're getting one additional power toughness, Magnetic and Echo for one mana, which is like really good deal. On top of that, we've been seeing since the start of the season that mechs and magnetic really have some play to them. Oh yeah, they're they're so central to this metagame. Absolutely. They, they were not really doing much before rotation, but once rotation happened, there's the birth of Mech Hunter and Bomb Warrior, which yeah. you obviously we saw that coming. And <laughs> that very much uses mechs and 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 will use magnetic when they discover the right card i don't think warriors are going to be main decking snip snap necessarily but they're no. going to be very glad it exists yeah who knows maybe they will i mean this is like one this card is modal because you can play it on turn three and it's like a fine tempo play and then it just sits there and is a magnetic body that dies into magnetic bodies um or you can play it on turn nine as like a huge stat bomb that will, mm -hmm. you know, create something that like is hard to kill because it'll die into a full board. Yeah. So this is this card is is more than more than just the text on it. This has a ton of play to it. It's quite versatile, and it's obviously going to go right into Mech Hunter, and it yes, oh yeah, could easily fit into some other decks. There might even be more Mech style decks and other classes like token mech druid is already something that i've kind of seen people trying to do and and this is exactly what you would want in that deck right yeah i've seen people running uh very very small mech packages in that deck like mostly things that summon other little mechs that they that can get buffed by their other stuff mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean they, they would be happy with snip snap even just without any other mechs in their deck and if there are any other mech, there, there are mechs in their deck it's way way happier because it's like Cards with Magnetic also kind of have charge sometimes. That's true. Yeah, the Mecharoo is like a fine example, but maybe even just without any mechs. Like, this guy yeah. just is exactly the kind of card that uh, Token Druid would want. If you have more mana, you can play multiple minions. I mean, they definitely like that, and then it dies and makes even more. Yeah, what's what's cool is because this has Magnetic, like, let's say you have an empty board in 9 mana, you can choose between getting three two threes or one like big old six nine thing that blows up into a ton of mechs like yeah you know or a four six and a two three yeah exactly like you can that's that is um this card is modal in a lot of ways <laughs> there's a lot a lot a lot of choices you get to make with this card so i think it's really cool i'm i'm a pretty big fan i think um it's yeah pretty easy to underestimate just quite how how many different ways it can be used. There, you know what, there's probably going to be a, a good deal of, like, like any control deck that was already, like, it's only mech with Zilliax, now it'll it'll be a two-mech deck instead of a one-mech deck. <laughs> it's a possibility. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, 
this is uh this this card is makes a lot of other cards powerful. All other mechs get stronger because this card exists. Man, um, how how does Galvanizer work with it? Are the Echo copies going to cost three or two? Galvanizer, what does that do? That's the uh, two mana one two. He's very cute. He's a mech, and his battle cries permanently reduce oh, the cost right. of the mechs you're holding by one. I would bet that the the Echo copies cost three. Most likely. Yeah, that's interesting. I can't believe I didn't remember the name of that card. I played him so much in Mech Hunter. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you just look at the art. You never read that name. I don't. I like barely look at the art. I like the lands at the card in my hand, ish. Um, this one yeah, doing turn two. Yeah, right. I see the two, and I kind of see the picture a little bit, and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy, sure. And then I go back into Brain World, where I think of all my plays. Um, Sounds like a dark place. It's bad. So uh, we can we can talk a little bit about the specific buffs. I think that you you really hit the nail on the head with all the things you said about buffing in general and how it's similar to creating new cards. Um, I think that this is a completely different lever that they can pull on for balance. I think that like when stuff is too strong, buffing is not really your solution. Your solution is often nerfing. This is just kind of a new thing that they get to do um, to mix things up. If they will, if cards that they want to see play are not seeing play, this is how they do it. It's kind of like exactly what I would do if I had made a card game and then the cards I liked the most weren't getting played. I would, I mean, maybe I wouldn't do it, but I would really want to just like sneak in and be like, I'm cutting one mana off the cost of all these cards because I think they're really cool. And I don't like that. I, I don't like that I'm not seeing these cool things happen. I had cool things envisioned in my mind. Sometimes cool things happened in playtesting. And, uh, the fact that you assholes aren't doing that is annoying me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it by just making the cards better. Yeah, I, th I think it's really cool. Um, this is an interesting this is an interesting design leader that they can pull. Uh, it is meta flavorful in the context of you know Boom's Lab. It's cool. Um, so let's let's get into it. I think we can go in Blizzard order. Uh, and you'd also you also mentioned you wanted to start with Druid. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, why don't you tell us what they're doing to Druid? They're Cutting one mana, so most, almost all of these buffs are mana cost, but not yes. all of them. Um, Gloop Sprayer was an eight mana four four that copies the adjacent minions or summons a copy of adjacent minions. Now it's going to cost seven, so it was a very clunky card. It's still going to be a clunky card. Oh yes, yeah. still very unclear how it should be used or would be used or if it's even going to be any. That have any competitiveness to it, but as you agree, it's it's a really cool card, and um, I'm specifically excited about it. Like I'm actually really really excited about it because it's potentially good in a Lucent Bark deck. Lucent Bark is an eight mana four eight taunt, and uh, when it dies, you can resummon it by restoring five health. Mm. So people have made decks where you get a Lucent Bark out. And then you play Faceless Manipulator on it, and play a Flabidinous Floop, and just get a ton of Lucent Barks. Then oh between, yeah, and then you just can't win. Can't yeah, lose anymore. Like, aggro is screwed by that point, right? It's completely oh, yeah. hopeless. And you just have a ton of ways of healing 5 in your deck. Keeper Stelladris will actually let you restore 5 twice off of just one of those uh, crystal power things, the 1 mana spell. You can either mm. deal 2 damage or gain 5 health. So, uh, you could infinitely loosen Bark, essentially. Gloop Sprayer would be really good in this Magical Christmas Land deck. But one of the issues is that he cost 8, and Lucent Bark cost 8, 
So if you're using Juicy Psych Melon, you might be getting your Gloop Sprayer instead of your Lucent Bark, which is not what you want. You want them together. Now you can just draw both every time with, with Juicy Psych Melon, in addition to the fact, of course, that Gloop Sprayer is just going to cost less mana. Oh, that's really cool. And uh, like you, you alluded to earlier, um, now Elysiana costs nine, and that seems like a, the kind of deck that would love to have Elysiana for, for the very end game. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I haven't played the deck in a while, but when I was playing it at the beginning of the season, I was actually steamrolling Warriors very consistently mm. because they, they just can't stop all the Lucent Barks. That makes and, sense. Like, and, there's only so much removal they have, and it's mostly for whiteboards. Exactly. You are most susceptible to someone killing you really fast. Uh, so, honestly, it probably won't need Elysiana unless the metagame yeah. changes around a bunch, which could easily happen now that all these cards are changing. I was going to say, like, in the mirror, actually, it seems like Elysiana would be great. <laughs> That's true. If, yeah. So I would love to live in that that world where Lucent Bark Druid is so common. I need to think about the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's really cool. That. That's really neat. Um, the other buff is a lot less exciting. Um, the ten mana eight eight Mulch Muncher with Rush and cost one less for each friendly Trent that has died this game is now going to cost nine instead of ten. This is a very gentle buff. Yeah. Uh, not really changing the... I mean, you could already make it cost one less by having one Trent die, and now instead of costing 10, it costs 9. That's a 10% change. Very, very slight change to a pretty weak card. I don't see this seeing any more play. So I have I have, um, I have, have a thought. Yeah. The, uh, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that... Um, the Hearthstone community solves the metagame. I think that they reach a state that is pretty close to a solved metagame, mm -hmm. um, or pretty close to a good metagame. But it could be that Mulch Muncher actually performs really well in um, the existing uh, Druid deck. And and you know one could make the argument that like that deck can go wide really well, but some decks are really good at dealing with wide boards, um, and it has no way of going tall. And you know being able to go both wide and tall is something that's pretty good in. Uh, Mech Hunter, for example, like some matchups, you just win by making like a moderate or very large minion. Other matchups, you win by making seven really small ones. Mulch mm -hmm. um, is like Druid's way of doing both. So it could be that that card's actually already good in that deck, but um, people aren't seeing it, or like maybe it's a little bit too weak. And now maybe it'll be good enough, or people will start to try it and see that it's good. Yep, it's possible. Yeah, it's hard to. I mean, that's a tough sell because I'm basically saying that like people haven't realized this card is good yet. Uh, which is like I think unlikely, but certainly not impossible. Um, yeah, not not to be discounted. Yeah, I, I think so. And you know, it definitely has the problem of like if you draw it and you don't draw any other trend stuff, like it's actually just a huge clunky, really bad card. But um, in some mashups and some situations, it, it'll be brutal. If you start to play a more mech themed strategy and you've got like Zilliax in there. That definitely changes the power level of Mulch Buncher. It's got lifesteal or not. For sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm with you and being excited mostly about Gloop Sprayer, but Mulch Muncher I think is still worth thinking about. Yeah. It, my If I had to bet money, I'd say this is more of a nerf to Conjurer Mage than it is a buff to Druid. Oh, sure, yeah. 
not not being able to get this awesome rush minion when you pop your sea giants is I think probably more of a more gonna have more impact on the metagame, but I it's it's something I'm pretty happy being wrong with. Yeah, definitely. Um but you know, we'll we'll see. There's uh there are definitely you know, we have, we have to see how things shake out. The mechs are on the rise. Mechs are certainly on the rise. Um, so Hunter is up next. So they have uh, Flark's Boomzooka going to 7 mana from 8. So mm. what did this do? This summons like a bunch of, is it minions or mechs from your deck? And then they get rush and die at the end of turn. They are just any three random minions and they attack at random and then die. Wow, that's... Really funny. Uh, can they hit phase? I don't think so. I mean, so honestly, I've never cast the card. Same. <laughs> I don't think it gives rush. The, the The exact text is, summon three minions from your deck, they attack enemy minions, then die. Oh, okay, they attack enemy minions, that makes sense. So I, I think it's that it's like they have rush, but it's also like you don't get to pick what they're attacking. That's silly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if, like, if you set up a deck to cast this, they're going to be big and it won't really matter, but that's also, this doesn't seem like a huge payoff to set up your deck on. It seems to still be mostly a meme. If it were a priest, that would be exciting, because it would be really awesome with mass resurrection and stuff like that. Well, to be fair, um, Hunter does have nine lives. This, yeah, so Hunter does have some, and like Savannah Highmane is really sweet with Flark's Boomzooka and Undasta. There's some good stuff. There's no Charger Devil Soar anymore, right. but there's definitely some, some cool things you can do. Now you can do like a, there's a card that revives all the beasts that were yours that died this turn. Forget what it's called. It'll be easier to cast that on the same turn as the Boomzooka. Yeah, so, like, there's something you if when you play Zuljin, Boomzooka will be r- repeated. Um, but I, it Hunter is just like not nearly as good at having some kind of sick combo deck like that as Mage and Priest are. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't on. have. There's no Obsidian Statue. There's no Eternal Servitude. Uh, Nine Lives is pretty close though. There's no. Yeah. Uh, um, you don't have like a Malagos. Malagos doesn't interact with this. Uh, in any meaningful way, so um, I agree that like maybe not. Uh, though this could be, you know, in like a nine lives. I don't know. We could, maybe there's something here. I think that this this is this is fodder for the Johnnies out there, and that's reason enough to do it. I agree. It's got um, it's got some. Yes. Yeah. Between Oblivitron and all the other minions we've mentioned, there's. This, there could be something pretty strong. It's just Mech Hunter and the Secret Hunter. The, the the Hunters that do sort of the traditional going face thing and just building tempo and winning like that don't seem like they would want to use this card. So mm, that's why it kind of is, is, is a long shot, but it would be a worthwhile one. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, in the, in the worst case, um, this just makes some really interesting decks come around and like, that's cool because people thinking and then never does anything else. And that's a fine place to be. Like, I think I'm happy about that. I don't think that every one of these cards needs to become playable. If it just becomes more interesting or slightly more playable, that's better. And we've got two more. Well, actually, this, this card is going to be around for you. Yeah, two more sets. So 
That, that's two more expansions. Yep, two more opportunities for big, chunky neutrals or hunter minions to make this a different story. Maybe they'll print a Malagos that has Death Rattle and a mm. Prophet Valen that's a hunter card that has Death Rattle, and then you'll be able to nine lives them back. That, so wouldn't that be something? That would be a that, now. That sounds like a deck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in for that. Like um, a so Death Rattle. You have plus five spell damage this turn, so you nine lives it back, and then like hunter's mark and kill it. Oh yeah, and then you just like, like rapid fire for twenty two damage. You have a uh, necromechanic, the other card that's getting changed. Yeah, um, so that might be the way to do the combo instead. Yeah, with a card that doesn't exist. Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, who knows though? I, I think that you're still not far off base. Like there are lots of interesting things that they can. Um, that you can sub out for for your death rattle Malagos that still make this enticing. Um, yeah. So necromechanic is used to cost five three mana. Um, uh, if five mana three six with your death rattles triggered twice, it's now four mana. So four mana three six. First of all, it's better stats. Uh, that's like that's like an acceptable stat line at least in arena. Um, oh yeah. And uh, that effect is good. That's like Baron Rivendare. Um, mm-hmm. And that card saw fringe play at least. Yeah. So, like, who knows? You know, we have... This is a tool, a combo-friendly tool that Hunter now has access to. I don't think that either of these cards slot into um, the existing metagame Hunter decks, but, like, there are... Hunter has a lot of really fun, cool things it can do. It has access to Geppetto and a bunch of other really interesting minions and Rapid Fire. So, you know, there's... It it can do some stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll see where it goes. I... I mean, I think that a good deal of the mech hunter decks that exist would actually want to use this card. A, a 4 mana 3-6 is is really great stat-wise. A good card to compare it to, I think, is Houndmaster Shaw. Because he was a 4 mana 3-6 with just this, you know, monumental effect while he's out. Actually, is he still legal? Uh, yeah, and some of the decks actually do run him. Some of the mech decks. Oh, okay. So, but the thing about the mech decks is that they kind of don't need rush. That's the whole sort of point of the deck. If you just are very good at sticking mechs and having mechs with magnetic in your hand, it's essentially like they have rush. So mm. in those decks, it does make sense maybe to not use Houndmaster Shaw. But when you're playing against an opponent and Shaw is good in their deck, it's very difficult because he's not easy to kill. And, and and since he's got three power, he'll probably be trading minions. Uh, it's also kind of like Archmage Vargoth. You know, this pretty chubby four drop with a really strong effect is potentially very good. And hunters, the mech hunters very often have one or two death rattle cards already out on turn four. You could have a spider bomb. You could have some of the the little bombs that deal two damage. That's you know that's not as big of an improvement, but it's still something. Uh, on top of your four mana three six, they're also getting snip snap. Yeah, I, so that's that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, I think the points against this is that like that deck already has a bunch of four drops uh, that True. are hard to imagine cutting. Um, so the one that makes like two bombs is pretty good. I, I guess I could see cutting one of those. Um, and it also it has like the four mana three ones, which are awesome mostly because it's just three power with charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, it you know this this card certainly synergizes with a lot of cards in that deck. So you know, I'm not I'm not saying it's not going to end up in there, but I do think that it has a little bit of a hurdle because it's it's certainly not a shoe in, uh, at mm. least not in my eyes. 
Um, but who knows? There might be a build that runs this. It definitely can get you a lot of value in there. That might not be the direction the deck wants to go. But if it is, that's great. It's also not a mech. But, yeah. Um, Cut, cutting a mech for this definitely... It's a hard sell. Yeah. Uh, it, I've been seeing some mech hunter decks that are using Oblivitron and Nine Lives and uh, using Mechanical Whelp as well. Mm. So depending on... You know, is is that better or worse? I think it's more of a uh, a shit situational deal where yeah. that that list might work better against certain decks. So it'll of course depend on how the metagame shifts. But if this makes things um, like high value decks generally better, and there aren't as many super fast decks, it it could go right into some some mech hunter decks. Potentially, yeah. I mean, Hunter does... The other side of this is that, like, even the aggressive Hunter decks have access to a ton of Death Rattles that are good and that you want to trigger. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. So that's that's interesting. I'm glad that Hunter is getting that uh, that tool. It's a really... It's, it's just, like, such a cool card, but it was absolutely overpriced. This is the exact kind of thing I want out of these buffs. Is, yeah. Is, is getting these cars with really cool effects and there's suddenly very, very reasonable ranges as far as what they do for sure. how much they cost. Uh, shall we move on to Mage? Yeah, so Mage... Uh, so, so, yeah, the Necromechanic buff is pretty reasonable. I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm not sure about how reasonable Mage's buffs were. One of the cards that they buffed is Unexpected Results, which is not something anyone expected, I think. Uh, it summons two random two-cost minions, and the cost of them is increased by st- spell damage. So if you have spell damage plus two, you'll summon two random four-cost minions. Um, and now it's going to cost three mana. So you'll be able to pay three and get two random two-cost minions. I'll save you the math. That's four mana worth of minions for three mana. Yes. Which is great. Uh, you and. You it's, always it's, want to pay less for more if you can. <laughs> it's also more than just mana. Like, um, you have to think about cards like Call to Arms. This is card advantage because, like, two cost minions don't cost two mana. They cost two mana and a card. Mm. Um, un- unexpected results gives you two of them, and you know they're random. So like, you can re- you can discount the, their mana cost and their card cost by some amount. But like, you're still paying three mana for. Four mana worth of minions. Four mana and two cards worth of minions. So you're spending three mana and one card. That's a great deal. It's like an arcane intellect, but d- just straight onto the board instead of yeah, that's, hand. That's a great way to think about it. Um, because I think that in the decks that want to play this, that is exactly what it is. I think a lot of mage decks are going to want to play this card, whether you're like super aggressive or uh, obviously the conjurer mage deck is all over this card. It's going to be a great play on turn three. It works with Cadgar. It works with Sea Giant. It's definitely going to slide right into that already existing very powerful mage deck. I don't know if it's going to... I don't think it's necessarily inspiring anyone to do anything else new, but I think it's going to start seeing a ton of play. Yeah, I think so too. I think that this is like this is the one that made my eyes pop the most, because this card is already, I think, like just on the cusp of being playable, um, and I think it just needed the right support. And like now, I think it's just amazing, and it doesn't even necessarily need the right support. Yeah, I, I'm not really any more interested in trying to make some kind of a spell damage mage. I'm just gonna no, play, I don't think so either. Play this card uh, with zero spell damage and be very happy. Yeah, I was just thinking about playing it with Sork Apprentices and Fireballs and Frostbolts. Like, 
that's mm. that's where my mind went with this but i mean um that's interesting about the existing conjurer mage like i think that makes book of specters worse but this in some metagames might just be a better card to run than that yeah i completely agree there's plenty of lists that don't use book of specters so um yeah this is definitely an interesting one uh and the other change is Luna's Pocket Galaxy, which um, changes the cost of all minions in your deck to one. It used to cost seven, and now it costs five. So they're shaving two mana off this card, which is colossal. It's a huge change. It's um, it's a it was seven mana to do nothing. Now it's five mana to do nothing, at least in the moment. But that effect, change the cost of the minions in your deck to one, has a lot of potential for crazy combos. Yeah, I mean, right, like, you can just, just, you know, Malagos, that's a great place to go. Malagos, Alexstrasza, and it's not like Mage doesn't have burn spells. Yep, that that's a real easy one. Archmage Antonitis is also pretty unfair at one mana. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. It, you'll probably have a Ziliax. He's going to cost one when you draw him. It's not even that much of an ask. It, it just makes whatever minions you're using that much better. It's really good if, like... Some of my best Conjurer Mage games is I get a Luna's Pocket Galaxy and I wind up playing it and then all the giants I draw cost zero. <laughs> so Yeah, at, that's silly. At five mana, I could see some Conjurer Mages even thinking about using it, which is a huge step forward from being completely useless. Mm-hmm. And I already saw someone playing Freeze Mage with Luna's Pocket Galaxy, Geppetto, Joy Buzz, who kind of does something similar. He'll, yes. He'll let you cheat uh, your your ma- minions to one mana, um, and you know fireballs and frostbolts and Alex and all that stuff. That kind of freeze mage combo deck will be so much better with this improvement. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's exciting. You know, we'll see we'll see what this causes. Uh, I think I think that this this doesn't look like an archetype creating change to me because it's still pretty inconsistent the order in which you draw your minions in Pocket Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like something that can make certain strategies a little bit more powerful, which is great. Yeah, exactly, because uh, really the only times I was playing this card is when I got it at random off of the uh, the Mana Storm guy. Yeah. Um, no, wait, no. Millhouse Mana Storm? No. What's this guy's name? Uh, Emissary of the Storm? I can't remember. Either At, way, uh, he gives you random mage spells. So that was the only time I was ever seeing this card. So now, oh, the two mana I... guy. What's that? The two mana guy. Yeah, I know what he looks like. I don't know what he's called. It's he, his name isn't what's important. What's in a name? No, right? that's true. Yeah. He would give me a pocket galaxy every now and then. So now <laughs> the galaxy I get is just going to be that much better. So that's cool. it, it it improves any time you're getting a random mage spell. Um, I do think there's at least a little potential for um, some co- some sort of combo deck using the aforementioned legendary minions. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think so, too. Like, that's that's an interesting change. Yeah, Mage is, Mage is pretty stoked about about the cards that they have improved. Not They're going to miss Mulch Muncher, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Um, Shall we talk about Uther and Paladin? Yeah, let's talk... Let's talk about him. So the first change is a pretty big one. That's Crystallology, um, yes. a card that was two mana. Oh, yeah, I know you love this card. It was two mana, draw two one attack minions from your deck. It's now one mana. One mana, draw two cards. They cut 
Yeah, for one, it's one mana draw two cards. It's almost as good as Pot of Greed, which it's is one mana tutor two cards crazy. actually. Yeah, yeah you this get is... to have you have some selection in your deck building over what you're gonna get, and it doesn't even it's not like a cost thing. Like some one attack minions will be more expensive and have very big effects, and then they're shaving it down fifty percent. That's a fifty percent yeah. discount. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is it is a huge, huge, huge buff. It, uh, I mean, I always am using Christology to try and do some stupid, not very effective combo of some kind, whether it's Immortal Prelate or the Undertaker or something like that. Those decks are, of course, going to get better, which is very important to me. But maybe just this is all it took for a more aggressive Paladin deck to have what it needs. It's almost like uh, they're, um taking raiding party from rogue and and kind of giving it to paladin in a way yeah it's i i i think that's an interesting way to think about it um i feel like this card this card's really so this does a lot because like it's not just getting uh it's kind of like you alluded to it's not just getting two small guys although it can be that by the way this can be just an aggro tool um this is getting you know two one attack minions from your deck you could just have some like ridiculous very silly one attack minion that's a combo piece for you and this tutors it right up along with i don't know something else that you want yeah crystal um, smith kanger if you're playing some kind of control deck you basically always want that card in your deck and you basically always want him he can come out early and be a very effective defensive minion he can show up late and help you heal for a lot more health than you really reasonably should be able to yes um blood mage thalos is also a fine choice yeah, right. Exactly. It could just get those utility minions that like you're happy to happy to grab, um, or you know, or you're just little aggro guys. I think I think it's awesome. You know, like Argent Squire or something. Uh, yeah, that was just not really remotely reasonable to be doing if you're playing an aggressive deck to be spent having this two mana card that doesn't yes. actually do anything, and right. it would never get you your bigger minions at like guaranteed. But now being able to like turn two. UK Christology Argent Squire. Like that's That's great. That's that there might be something there. I don't really think there's actually a Paladin deck right now. Mm. Um besides maybe like Holy Wrath Paladin. But this could inspire something like um like Mech Paladin. Yeah, I mean um Yeah, I th- I th- yeah, it definitely depends on the other cards that are around. Uh, and what you can be hitting with this, but like, I, if there's one payoff card for this, and just a bunch of other cards that aren't bad that you can stuff in your deck that are targets for this, then that that sounds good to me. Yeah, me too. Um, Immortal Prelate is still my my first choice there. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, that's that is like definitely the coolest one. I think that that card's still really cool, and I'd love to see it be good. Um, me too. So the second change they're doing to Paladin, this has a special place in my heart. Um, yeah. So this is a uh, glowstone technician is going down from six to five mana. So this is a three four that gives all minions in your hand plus two plus two. So now it's a five mana three four with an enormous hand buff attached to it. Yeah, this card um, is like it's already fine. Like it's not great, but it's it's pretty strong. Yeah. I, so um, this my mind immediately goes to Grime Street Enforcer, which was basically a five mana four four that gave all minions in your hand plus one plus one because they killed immediately. Of course. Um, and if you ever got plus two plus two off of it, you're very lucky. This just gives them all plus two plus two. 
yeah. and you don't, you don't have to wait extra time. So in many respects, this is like a better card than Grime Street Enforcer, which is like, um, I don't think it ever really saw uh, too much play. I don't think there was ever really a good deck for it, but it is good. Let me be, be assured. I have played with that card a lot and I really liked it. It definitely did well for me. Um, so I think that this has potential to be strong if there's enough aggressive support for Paladin. And I think that there, there kind of is because mm-hmm. uh, Paladin has skin in the mech game and there's tons of powerful mechs in neutral. Yep, the technician is going to be great with like a, a, a mech Paladin strategy. Um, Enforcer was definitely great, but I didn't actually think of this guy as just Enforcer on steroids. But That's really what it is. It's just more of what was actually good about that yeah. card without them being able to stop any of it. Right. Also, what I've now I'm I'm only realizing this now, but it, it should have been obvious since instead of needing to spend six mana you only need to spend five, you can actually spend one mana on turn <laughs> <Crystalology>. six <laughs> before you play Glowstone Technician. If that card happens to put two inexpensive minions into your hand and only costs one, that'd be really great. Oh wait, Crystology yep. is gonna be able to do that now. So that's sort of like a I didn't even see that, but those two are going to be really good together. Being able to get the two Argent Squires and then... No Righteous Protector, sadly. But being able to get two Argent Squires and immediately <laughs> make them 3 threes is pretty juicy. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I think that um, altogether these two changes might might even just give us the Paladin Aggressive deck that we always dreamed of. The one that we've never, ever seen before. Um, you know, certainly not since Angoro came out uh, and before. Anyway, I'm happy. Yeah, he's he's... Well, he was already he already had something going for him. Um, yeah. So once once the mechs maybe start showing up in Paladin, it's really good when they have magnetic as well. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's great um, Basiliax. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool, uh, and we will see how this affects how this affects Uther. I think that this might mm-hmm. be enough for that class to actually have a viable deck. Yeah, there's uh, no no Paladin decks right now, so this one is hard to predict what those two card changes are no, going to do. No amazing Paladin decks. There are definitely people playing around with mech, but I don't think that it's anything too strong. This could be what it takes. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, this is this is enough to push card decks that are on the fringes into the play. Yeah, you can get uh, uh, like a Mecharoo and an upgradable Framebot. That like just being able to consistently grab cards like that early on for only one mana could really make a huge uh, improvement for their mech strategy. Yeah, get galvanizer um, as well. Yeah, now I think about it. Like you could just very consistently get like the best early game minions w- between Christology and uh, those. <laughs> that's true. It mechs. gets galvanizer. That's crazy. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, um, you'll be you'll be doing turn two galvanizer like at least. Well, close to twice as often as the Mech Hunters, because you can turn one Christology sometimes and get your Galvanizer. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be... Um, that's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's move on to Priest. I think that these are interesting changes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the, one of the, the first cards that they... Um, or one of the cards that they're buffing is actually the first card ever with Twin Spell. Hmm... Oh yeah, that's true. You're right. I think that's one of the reasons that they're buffing it, because like, you know, it was supposed to be Rise of the Mechs. I guess this is still in Doctor Boom's labs, um, but the card Extra Arms, which is three mana, is very clearly an organic spell. Um, it gives a minion plus two plus two, 
Um, and then it gives a, it adds a copy to your hand, uh, of itself, essentially. It has a different name. So in that way, it's not exactly the same as Twin Spell. Um, but you can essentially play it again and give another minion plus two plus two. And now it's only going to cost two mana. So that's yep, a 33% yep. discount. That's a huge discount. Being able to give plus two plus two twice for two mana each is really good. I think so. Um, yeah, so this is this is a very big change uh, for this card. And I think that this is like, this pushes it into playable territory. So like two mana buffs that give like in the two plus two plus two range have seen play in the past. Um, yeah, Market you know, Charge, for example. Yeah, right, exactly. Market View Charge is one. There's like that one that buffs um, that like, I think gives plus two plus two to a minion and in shaman and like gives you an elemental in your hand if you buff an elemental or something like that. Yep, blanking on the name, but that card is pretty great as well. This is similar to this is similar because um you know instead of like mark of your charge got you if you buffed a beast you got to draw a card right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so instead of drawing a card or getting a random elemental in your hand, you're just getting another copy of the buff. So this is actually on par with those other cards. Yeah, and they saw play. Um, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, you know, it depends on whether there's a priest deck of all things that wants this kind of card. Those are, you know, both very aggressive decks, uh, the Shaman and Druid decks that we're referring to that played Mark of Charge and played um, that elemental buff card. But, you know, it's there. The tool is there. Yeah, that 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 is the big problem, though, isn't it? Priest just definitely doesn't have a deck for this card to go into now. And no. <laughs> as much as I, I ponder it, I can't think of anything that seems remotely good uh a remotely good home for this card even though it does objectively seem very strong now yeah i mean it's in a way it's a safe place to put this kind of card because priest is just like this is not what they're about um it's like yeah this this is not what priest is trying to do they're not trying to play really stupid small minions i mean they have one of the best one drops in in cleric and this is a great card in cleric but uh it's still, it's just the rest of the deck isn't there. Yeah, that's basically it. Like, extra arms on Cleric, and I guess it's cute on Acolyte of Pain as well, right? Yeah. But um, it yeah. doesn't have the kind of aggressive deck in the current metagame, but there's always there's always future expansions. That's where I think this card is. This card is a card for the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and if there's neutral aggressive cards, then Priest can end up playing them. Uh, it is it's your power is pretty good for fighting tempo, for you know board control. Mm -hmm. um, so the second card they changed is cloning device, which for some reason costs two mana. Now it costs one. I'm reading the card, and it's like hard to believe that this one's cost two. Uh, it's um, discover a copy of a minion in your opponent's deck. Again, it used to cost two, now it costs one. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I. It's a it's kind of cool because since you're discovering. It's sort of like the the way this card would give you advantage is by you being like skillful and and you know your your opponent has you know put these cards into their deck and then you'll have the ability to pick the right one to use it against them and it'll be you know you'll you'll defeat them with their own card essentially mm -hmm. so that's like a really cool thing about it um but Playing your own cards is just usually way better. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that this this is nice because it's another cheap free spell, which is like potentially useful with auctioneer or whatever else Lyra, um, and in whatever format. Uh, but 
But yeah, other than that, I'm not feeling like this is going to be a card that people are main decking. If Shadow Essence were still around, I'd have been a lot more into it because it would be another way to have a minion essentially in your deck without putting a minion mm. in your deck. So you wouldn't hurt your Shadow Essence targets by putting this one mana card in your deck. But you then would have this one mana spell, which would allow you to maybe get a big minion from your opponent. Or if you're playing against a really aggressive deck, you could just take one of their small minions and, and just you don't need all of your resurrects to be super big as long as you can survive the early game. So it would That's have been true. able to sort of work whichever way you need it to at the time, but without Shadow Essence and or Barnes, of course, there's just no point in playing it. I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's still it's not doesn't really have a home. Um but I mean it's a it's a better discover now or a better random spell, and that's cool. Exactly. And ha having more cheap spells is always pretty appealing for Priest. So, Yeah, I think Priest has some amount of class identity in being able to play a lot of cheap spells that you know get them extra value somehow. Um, I don't see it doing much, but we'll find out. Yeah. So next up we have Rogue. Yeah, they... Uh, I mean, well, one, of the, one of these changes is potentially really big, right? I don't know what to think of it. Well, which one do you need? Pogo Hopper, of course. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So it's hard to know. Now, Pogo Hopper used to cost two. It was um, two mana, one, one, with Battlecry get plus two, plus two for each other. Pogo Hopper, you played this game. Now it costs one. That is 50% reduction in its cost. We we weren't lying. <laughs> these discounts <laughs> are crazy. They, these cards are just flying out of the store. Yeah, it's <laughs> everything must go. Um, yeah, so Pogo Hopper is interesting. This was like, when this card was first spoiled, um, and first released, people like had day one decks that were doing silly things with it, but it's just not good. Now it costs one. That's so, cream. <laughs> that is an ambulance. Oh <laughs> so, no. Um Maybe I should get some ice then instead. Yeah, I feel like they can't give you ice cream. They can give you some other nice stuff. Mm. Um but uh so Poco Hopper is Poco Hopper costs one now. This is a one mana play. It's a mech, you can magnetic this thing. Um, yeah. if that's if that's what you're into. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know what to make of it. It's a minion that you would get the most value out of it if you could play it multiple times in a game. Um, both, both copies of them. You would be running two copies, and then you would be playing Brewmasters, maybe, and maybe Daring Escapes, and, and cards that return it to your hand, cards that shuffle it into your deck. So the fact that it costs one less means every single time that game that you play it, you're saving yourself another mana. So yeah. shaving the mana cost down, not only is it a huge percentage just objectively, but this is a card that would be like just be played more times per game than the average card would be. So this could be a this could be a really big um impactful change in Pogo Hopper Rogue could actually be something that starts showing up. Like you said, because of Magnetic, you can play it with Zilliax, which makes it so much scarier. The The main way that Pogo Hopper is going to be bad is if you put in all that effort to make it good and big, and then your opponent just goes over top of it and goes face and kills you. If it has Taunt and Lifesteal, they're going to have a much harder time doing that. You can also play other mechs that can give it Rush and other um, qualities, but it's a lot more realistic to play, you know, two pogo ha hoppers and daring escape both of them. That's going to cost 
three mana now instead of five. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But that, like, what's nice about this change is it lets you play Poco Hopper along with its synergistic cards. Um, mm -hmm, not just exactly. that you can play it a turn earlier, it's just that it's easier to play with your Brewmasters and stuff. I agree with that. And, uh, I mean, it's possible that the ultimate destiny of this card is not even necessarily like a Pogo Hopper centric deck, but Pogo Hopper just gets included because in games that are going to go longer, it is just going to wind up steamrolling your opponent. And it's so much easier to just include it in your deck now. You know, like a, playing a one mana one one doesn't feel nearly as bad as a two mana one one. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna allow you to trigger combo more easily. So it kind of just does a few things on its own. Um, and being able to return a bunch of lackeys to your hand and evil miscreants to your hand is already pretty strong. So it might just go in like a lackey focused deck that already exists, that's already using waggle picks and maybe one or two shadow steps. And, you know, like, mostly not change it, but put in Pogo Hoppers, maybe also put in Daring Escape. Because Daring Escape can be really good with a board full of lackeys. Yeah, and I mean, you could also put in cards like um, Snip Snap, other ro other mech synergy cards, or mm -hmm. like mechs with battle cries, like maybe even the one that summons the two um, the bombs. Yeah. Like, these are, you know, that's, that's a, that is a way you can build a deck, and that also capitalizes on the fact that Pogo Hopper is a mech. And, like, it means that is not your central plan, but it's, like, it's a backup plan that plays well with the rest of your cards. Yeah, that that's basically what I was thinking with um, with lackeys and, and just generic battle cries, but also there could be a mech rogue deck in the near future. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Snip Snap has Echo makes it particularly good with uh, Daring Escape, now that you mention that. Ooh, Cause, that's like, true. Yeah, because you can just play it, you know, a bunch, and then Daring Escape, and now you just have a bunch of copies of things with Echo in your hand, and that's great. That would be, if I were a warrior and my opponent did that, I want to punch myself in the face. Yeah, right, because, like, they clear your board, then you get all the 1-1, one, one, like, you, you know, you do that, you have a bunch of, you play one, they, like, kill it, then you get the 1-1s, one, you magnetic one of them, you smack them, they kill it, then you get the 1-1s, one, you magnetic, it's like, you just, you make their life terrible. Oh, my. Getting a <laughs> um, headache just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, that sounds like a lot of pain. Um... So, uh, the other rogue card that they buffed is um, Violet Haze, mm -hmm. which is, like, uh, probably still not going to see Constructed play. Um, this used to cost three, and now it costs two for add two Death Rattle cards to your hand. Yeah, I'm... So, like, it's, a, it's two mana for two cards. It's card advantage. It's less expensive. It's a 33% hey, discount. Right now. Uh, but... I don't think Rogue wants two random death rattle cards. Yeah, I feel the same way. There's not really a Rogue deck that wants this. It still it doesn't really like Sweetie. It's probably better in Arena, but it still looks like it sucks just as much. Yeah, I think I think it's more of like a change for Arena than constructed. Um That makes sense. But yeah, actually a bunch of these changes look like that, like extra arms or glowstone technician. I think that those are gonna have huge impacts on on arena. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um that the extra arms is definitely way more relevant in arena. And I guess Violet Haze is too. Yeah, yeah, it's still I mean it's you know two mana for draw two, which is cool, but they're random, so it's not really draw anyway. Uh it's a thing they did. We'll see. Yeah, I mean at least now you can still play it for zero off preparation, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that you can. Uh, Shaman up next? Let's take a look at Shaman cards. 
Um, so the first is Stormbringer, uh, the biggest evolve ever. Now, Huge. used to used to cost, card this all play, used to cost seven, now it costs six for transform your minions into random legendary minions. Yeah, what do you think of this one? Um, so, like I said, this card used to see play. So this is uh, something that makes it a little bit more competitive. Like, what's cool is that this doesn't care about the cost of the minions on the board. So you can just have a board that's filled with absolute garbage and Stormbringer will make it, you know, not garbage, hopefully. Hopefully. You might also get a bunch of Lorewalker chose. Yeah, you could just get garbage still, but uh, you can get garbage that loses you the game. Um, but you could also get, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever actually fought Gruul, but if you don't have an answer for that thing, it's big. Oh, the uh, the seven <laughs> seven that uh, gets plus one plus one every turn. Yeah, he's if you don't if you don't deal with him right away, he is he's a real big problem. Oh my, I I um, don't know if I've ever actually faced one down. I've actually lost multiple games to people getting that card oh uh, off of I don't even know what. Um, but anyway, so Stormbringer has the you know this this is. It's a card that's seen play. It synergizes well with what Shaman is already good at doing. Uh, and it even synergizes with the other change they made, which they made for some reason. Yeah, but is this better than Bloodlust? That's that's one of my biggest questions about the Stormbringer. Like, sure, now it costs six, but it still costs more than Bloodlust. And, you know, there's a... You know, Stormbringer might not win you the game. Bloodlust might not win you the game, but... Uh, there's definitely an argument that Bloodlust is going to win you more games. I think I think it's different because um, this gives your board staying power. Sometimes there are boards where you don't win if you're wide because they have like a, a big chunky taunt. You Bloodlust and just blow your whole board into it uh, and smack them for a little bit. In some games, this is just like kind of another copy of Bloodlust. Um, but I think it's a lot more like uh, an Evolve that you cast several times. Hmm. Yeah, maybe the most similar card is um, Death Knight Thrall, which would do a, a double evolve on all your minions. Yeah, and that's another card that's up play. Yeah, um, I think I think with that comparison, it is a bit more descriptive. I could see it being, um, I could see this being really good in some kind of shaman decks. Yeah, so I, another Murloc shaman would like it. Yeah, definitely. That kind of deck would be awesome with it because they have, you know, they're going wide, they make like sticky boards, so they could just kind of trade all their minions, get the stupid 1-1s, and then just turn them all into Lord Walker Cho. Um, but another thing that's worth considering is in Wild, this is now even-costed, and even Shaman is a, a strong deck in Wild. Ooh, did not think of that. Um, so that is a deck that go definitely goes wide because of its hero power, so wide that it even runs Sea Giants. Um, so this this seems like it would slot right in there. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, and that that deck definitely had some slots free up after. Um, what change did they make recently? Uh, oh, they made Flame Tongue Totem cost three. That's right. Yeah, definitely. So after that, um, that hurt the deck a little bit. But you know, it has it has a couple slots right now that I think are in flux. But Stormbringer could fill one of them. Yeah. Um, the other change they made is they took a good card and they made it better. Yes, uh, they did. Yeah, Thunderhead, which is a four mana three five with um, after you play a card, you play a card with Overload, summon two one one Sparks with Rush. Already really strong. Very. Um, now it's a three six for for some reason. Spicy. So this is great. I mean, if there's a way, like I I don't think that the 
this card gets really any better because it was already like such an awesome payoff. I, I don't I don't know if that makes you any more willing to play these overload type decks. Um but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, it definitely means that if you do decide to do that, then it's just gonna be slightly better, if not more than slightly better. But it it'll at least be slightly better for sure, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. It's it's strictly better. Um but it's uh yeah, this is already a really good card, now it's better. This also goes well with the Stormbringer change, you know, just getting the wide board is good. For Stormbringer. Yeah, if you can pump out some sparks with Rush and then turn them into Gruel, your opponent's going to be feeling pretty bad. Yeah, I think that this is like, these would all maybe go together in the same kind of deck. Uh, potentially, you know, it depends. There could just be some deck that just plays Control and plays Thunderhead because it's a good card. Yep. Um, but even if it's, I could even see a Control-ish deck wanting something like the Stormbringer if it is playing cards like Thunderhead and... Um, the one mana spell that summons to one one sparks with charge, mm, spark yeah, rush right. or whatever it's called. Um, if it's using both of those already, then um, you and you have the hero power, which makes the random totems. So Stormbringer could even be in there. Could be in just some kind of like mid range, like token shaman essentially. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is that's interesting. Uh, I mean, also the fact that it's a three six means like the line of just playing and hoping it doesn't die is a much better line. Yeah, you don't like you already usually do that because playing the three five turn four is like gonna be pretty okay, and if it sticks around, that's really good. Now it's just gonna stick around more often. Um, I think that's a pretty big improvement. I'm very happy to see that because shaman's definitely hurting right now. Yeah, definitely. This will help them out. Um... At the very least. These yeah, these changes should be really interesting. They've got a bunch of cool cards and strategies and I'd like to see uh see some more some more cool shaman stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um so Warlock up next? Yeah, we got a trip to Yusuke Yurameshi's house. <laughs> Spirit Bomb. Um that's also uh Goku. Oh wait, yeah, no, I was thinking Spirit Gun. Spirit Bomb is Goku, you're right. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I don't remember Yu Yu Hakusho well enough to know whether or not there was a spirit bomb, but I did believe you. There but might be, where... but that's not that's not the the big stink. The big stink is the spirit gun. That's right. Um, and yeah, and, and the most important spirit bomb is definitely uh, you know Mister Lend Me Your Energy, Goku. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. So uh, lend me your ear, and I will tell you about this change, which is another phenomenal discount. A two-mana yes. spell, spirit bond that would deal four damage to a minion and to your hero is now going to cost one. So you can That's pay, huge. Yeah, you could pay one mana, deal four damage, which technically is already something Warlock can do, as we know, this soul fire, but that's going to make you discard a card, so you actually have card disadvantage there. Spirit bomb is no card disadvantage. It's just a really, really cruelly efficient removal spell now. Yes, this is uh this is a great change for um a control deck that doesn't mind taking a little bit of damage. Um yeah. Cuz this is not like uh this can't go face, which is unfortunate. That's like the, yeah, the, that's the only other strike against it versus soul fire is that it doesn't give you that reach. Um and also without um was amethyst spellstone in uh, Control Warlock mm. decks, it makes that 4 damage to your hero a little bit less appealing. Um, I think uh, like an aggressive 
Warlock deck would be pretty happy to play this. I think the Carpet Zoo decks are going to start trying trying this card out, at least, if not actually just switching over from Soulfire to this. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, the thing about Soulfire is that it's often the lethal damage you need, and it can go past a taunt and stuff. So yeah. it's it's hard to know. Like, uh, I, I don't think it's a one-to-one swap. I do think that this has some potential, but I think it would need to be, like... I could see this being played in, like, a mid-rangey deck rather than just a one-drop deck. Uh, but we'll see. It is it is now an incredibly powerful card. Yeah, and um, just the, the Carpet Zoo deck doesn't really care about its life total for the most part. If it can properly just maintain the board, then it should be able to win. Um, and that could that having that control earlier on without the card disadvantage could be better than having the reach from Soulfire. I mean, like you said, you don't you could just run both of them, right? But yeah. um I think Spirit Bomb has got a lot going for it. Yeah, I mean I think that uh we'll see. Like that deck is already willing to pay card to, you know, trade um with the the magic carpet and stuff. So like if that kills something, then this is just kind of the same thing, but it's able to do it more often and kill bigger things. So but, you know, at the cost of some of your life total. But again, that deck doesn't care about it. Um, yeah, so it's possible that it sees play. We'll see. The other change was um, Dr. Morgan, which used to cost 8, now it costs 6 for uh, a 5-5. Five five. With Death Rattle, swap this with a minion from your deck. Gotta get this card in your deck, because it's so good now. So, it's, um, it's in, you know, 6 mana 5-5 five five is a tough sell. Uh easier sell than an 8 mana 5-5 that's for sure definitely (laughs) so there's that you know 6 mana 5-5 like with a good enough effect has been playable in the past but that effect needs to be like Sylvanas Uh, this is not Sylvanas nope Um, but uh, it's a chunky thing that like dies into something else that's true it's it's like a a funky Cairn Bloodhoof yeah 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 but uh, and Cairn's a card that's all play but yeah so this this could play that kind of role, you know, if there's a metagame that wants that sort of card or that has, like, an annoying enough thing in the deck. But I don't think Void Lord is legal anymore, right? No, fortunately. That was yeah, like Kobolds this... and Catacombs. Uh, thank God. Um, yeah, this would be this would be great with a Void Lord-type card. Uh, but yeah, in the absence of that, it's hard to know whether this will do the trick. It doesn't seem like it's going to be enough to sway... Um... Warlocks from from playing zoo. I don't I don't know if I don't think this is enough to spawn some kind of mid range or control warlock. It's still, I think Goldon is still probably going to be locked into zoo type decks even after the the rise of the mix. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I'm I'm inclined to agree. All right, uh, but we'll see. So warrior. Yeah, let's look at Garrosh's stuff. I think he actually made out pretty well here i agree with that um especially given i think that these uh, these changes definitely impact the decks as they currently are which is ironic because it doesn't use either of them yeah, right <laughs> so um the first is a uh, security rover which was a uh six mana used cost six right yeah. yeah it's a it was a six mana um two five with whenever this minion takes damage summon a two three taunt now it's a two six that's great yeah, just a straight-up stat increase to a card that's, like, decent and basically a great card sometimes to discover 
off of Dr. Boom's effect or to hit off of Omega Assembly, those cards just, they just got better. Because now sometimes when you get this card, you're getting an extra toughness. Yeah, and that's that's a really good sign. Like, it's easier to live damage and trigger this multiple times if it's a bigger minion, and it is. I think that's really the only way that this is actually impacting reality, though. I don't see anyone starting to play Security Rover in their deck because it has one more health. But No, I agree with you. When you snag it, it's it's going to be better. So, And that's what every single Warrior deck is doing that right now. So every single Warrior deck, in addition to now being able to discover Snip Snap, will also uh, have access to a new and improved Security Rover. And also, the other card that is being buffed for Warrior is Beryllium Nullifier. Uh, he's another solid mech that you're very happy to see off of your Discover effects. He's a 7-mana Magnetic Minion. He can't be targeted. He used to be a 3-8. Now he's a 4-8. That's huge. Yeah, a 4-8 that can't be targeted is pretty mighty. That's pretty hard to deal with for pretty much any class. And since it has Magnetic, you can take anything that's on the board and make it some scary, monstrous minion. The, the, the worst part of Nullifier before probably was how low its attack is. So this improvement is going to make it a lot better when you when you play it. Um, but just like Security Rover, I think it's really only going to be getting played when you discover it off of Dr. Boom's effect or play Omega Assembly. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think that this is not the kind of change that like makes this a more playable card. I think it just makes it um, a better card when you discover it. Uh, but, you know, so I don't think you're, like, changing your deck's construction. But I think you're also more willing to just take this, given the option, because it's so big. Like, a 7 mana 4 eight's nothing to scoff at, even if you don't have anything to put it on. Mm -hmm. But if you can magnetic something, it's, like, great. Yep. It's especially good with Zilliax, like any mech, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's interesting. You know, those, I don't think Warrior's gonna change his decks at all. Yeah, so, so for Warrior... The, the story is mostly remaining the same. It, um, there are a few classes that are just going to probably do what they were already doing, but even better. Yeah. Uh, mages, uh, well, actually, maybe not uh, not one of them, but Hunter's probably one of them. Um, and uh, um Warlock, Warrior. you know, I, I don't, I, we we don't think that it's really going to change up much of what it's doing, but it'll 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 have a better card with which to do it. Um, and I guess Shaman's also still going to be doing mostly the same thing, but I would be very happy to see uh, some Druid lists with Gloop Sprayer showing up that are very very different, um, as well as like maybe some Paladin decks, you know, using minions and and mechs perhaps. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it could be... Uh, that could be really strong. You know, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of ways where things can shake out. I think that, like, many of these changes are um, transformative for some of these classes, like Paladin in particular. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I agree with you that some of them are just straight improvements. Um, some of them will be mostly for Arena, like maybe Priest. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think... Paladin is probably the... Paladin and Druid are the classes I'm most excited for. Also Shaman uh, with these buffs. I would have really liked to have been excited for Priest, but I am not. Mm. Um, though, 
the the winner, the one who's getting the most improvement, might be Warrior, even though they're not going to play any of these cards. Yeah, I think it's um it's hard to say because uh, we don't know how powerful you know any new decks that come around will be. Um, but we already know that like this is going. This makes a powerful deck better, so it's a safe bet for saying that it's a strong a strong thing. Yep. Uh, and, I think... and because of Snip Snap, all the classes that do more mech stuff better right now are more likely to uh, gain more from this buff. So I think Hunter's also going to just be that much harder to beat after these uh, buffs are applied. Yeah, it'll be exciting when this hits. Uh, when is this coming, do you know? I do not. I kind of was assuming it would be June 1st and that they would just kick off the new season with the new cards, but apparently I was wrong and Blizzard's got a better idea. Looks like June 3rd. Yeah, it makes sense though cuz um deploying on deploying before everybody goes home for the weekend is a really dangerous thing to do <laughs> if you if you maintain like a live service. That's true. So, uh I think, you know, they're they're launching on June 3rd for purely practical reasons. I I agree with you that they probably would have liked to kick off the new year, the new season with it. But we will see this I guess tomorrow at the time of recording and probably uh today at the time of listening. If you listen to it on the day it comes out. That's what we're assuming you do. I mean, how could you how could you wait? Oh yeah. Um I don't, Where do you I don't think what do you I'd think about a, Oh, I I mean, I I definitely can. I enjoy this. Um what do you say about wrapping up there? Yeah, I think that's a good good place we got to talk about all those awesome awesome buffs and you know another maybe the best thing about this rise of the mechs thing isn't even the rise of the mechs and and the cards that they're improving to me it's the fact that they're willing to do this which means they might do it again yeah i feel the same way that this is um this is very much an experiment for them this is very much a change in their philosophy which is fantastic because i think that they're pretty conservative when they when it comes to um balancing this game or even just developing this game in general mm-hmm. um so outside of new card effects and stuff um so yeah seeing them you know start to pull on another lever that's been in front of them is really cool they could start maybe finding some classic cards or basic cards that have been around for years and years without seeing any play and and give buffs to those. I think that's a really exciting prospect. Who knows if that would ever happen, but um, a, a round of improving cards that we've just seen for a really long time in our collections but have never seen on the board, the, the potential that that can change is really exciting to me. And it basically seemed like it was uh, impossible for yeah. most cards up to this point. Yeah, it's great to it's great to see that. Um I think that that is a that gives the community a bit of hope because the with between the Hall of Fame and nerfs, you know, especially because they're willing to nerf classic cards, it seems like classic is just becoming the core set is just becoming smaller and smaller. Um so right. it's nice that they've they've tipped their hand that they can maybe make that not the case. Yeah. And and it's also, I mean, like the, these cards are from the Boomsday Project, which is two expansions ago, you know, maybe next time they'll do, you know, four months from now, Rastakhan's Rumble, which will be the expansion from uh, the the two prior four months from now, or maybe they'll do a different mixture, you know, maybe instead of being based on Doctor Boom, it could have a completely different theme and boost cards from multiple different sets. Yeah, could be. They, they could they could do a similar thing, but in a completely different way next time and every time. You know, like these cards are popular in Tavern Brawl, so we're buffing them. Like who knows? 
what the theme they could pick, but it looks like almost any card, as long as it's not being played that heavily, is is potentially gonna get um, a steroid injection um, one of one of these seasons. So I'm really excited about that. Sounds exciting for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime. You guys can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash lastturnhs or facebook.com slash lastturnhs. Uh, we also have an Instagram, um, and you can get links to all these places on uh, lastturnhs.com. You can also catch our content on SoundCloud where we're hosted, but we're on places like iTunes and Google Play if that's where you consume your podcast from, which perhaps most likely you do. Um, yeah, you can also find us on some other services like Stitcher. Uh, we're all over the internet. Lots of places you can find us. Uh, check out our website. That's where you can get links to all of them. YouTube um, as well. That's right. Yeah, YouTube. We upload our stuff there. Uh, I find that YouTube's great for listening to content when I'm doing other stuff. So on my computer, which is all the time. Yeah, YouTube's excellent. Um, yeah, it's a good website. In case you so, didn't know, it's Y-O-U-Tube, not just the letter YouTube. In case we have any over 60 listeners out there. I've needed to tell more than one person this in my lifetime. So I, I believe it now that you say that. That's pretty funny. Um, I luckily have not had to tell anybody that. Yeah, and I, I hope none of you listening ever need to do that either. Um, anyway, we will, we will catch you guys next turn. See you next turn, folks. Bye.